Hello team and welcome to episode 402 of the Simply Fit podcast. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Pete Taylor. Pete is a father, business mentor and leader of the Awakened Man Project. Driven by a desire for self-improvement at an early age and later fueled by the tragic loss of his best friend, Peter chased success in every way he could, in the gym, in entrepreneurship, and in his bank account too. Although Pete succeeded in these areas, he still felt that something was missing, which led him to leaving this business, leaving his marriage, and beginning the second mountain climb of his life where he is living out his own hero's journey. In this episode, you can expect to learn how to master the three different types of discipline in your life, what Pete's thoughts are on modern male role models like Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson, along with why picking the right partner is one of the most important important decisions you'll ever make. So without further ado, Pete Taylor. Pete Taylor, welcome to the show. How are you today? Good. Pleasure to be here. The pleasure is mine. Looking forward to having this conversation today. I think it's much, much needed. And many times on this podcast before, we've touched on the topic of masculinity and being a high value man, but we haven't actually like dug deep and had a specific conversation around it. So I am very excited, first and foremost, and I feel like we're going to get a lot out of this conversation. But for those listeners who have maybe not come across yourself before, can you give us a little context about who you are and what it is that you do? So I run a project called The Awakened Man. We have thousands of guys in our communities. I've got hundreds of clients, all men, uh, and I get to see the ins and outs of what goes on in a man's brain and how their psychology works and and how their emotions work and what's going well for them, what's not going well for them. Um, and uh, over the last couple of years, I've really pieced together like blueprints of where men seem to be fucking up in the world um, and where they're not playing to their potential. So... Yeah, got uh, plenty of insights I can share on today's podcast. And what led you down that path to begin with? Was it your own personal journey with masculinity and being a high-value man? What sparked your interest in this area and then to go on and help others? I needed it. And, and even today, like the work that I do with guys, I need it. It serves me just as much as it serves the guys. Um, and to be honest, like a couple of years ago, like if you'd have asked me about what masculinity is, I'd have had no freaking idea. I like I wouldn't like that terminology would probably not have end, like come out of my mouth. And, and and even the word like men's work, um, which is still it's a very uncommon word. Uh, I have, would have had no idea what that is. And if you'd asked me what that would have been, I probably would have said bunch of guys in the woods bashing on drums in their pants, cutting maybe, trees down. Maybe, yeah, cutting trees down. My journey into this was very, very new. My, like, my experience in personal development was purely my own. For, from, the, from a really, really young age, I got into personal development when I was 15. Um, down, and that was down to me being bullied and down to me being called Little Pete at school. When I was at school, my bone density and my muscle structure was three years below what it should have been. So um, a 13-year-old boy, looks like a te- I look like a 10-year-old boy. And a 16-year-old boy, I look like a 13-year-old boy. And as you can imagine, when you're amongst boys and when you're amongst girls in school, it's not a good look. Not easy. No, no, no. no not no, easy whatsoever. Not. No. So um, that led me to the, that led me into the gym. That led me into personal development. Uh, that soon led me into building my own businesses um, and growing my own businesses. Um, but the kind of the the back end of me running a traditional bricks and mortar company 
had a team of 20 people, we had a, had a three-story building in London, was that I wasn't happy and was that I had all of this internal struggle and was that I had no idea what boundaries were and I had no idea really how to assert my needs and I had no idea like really who the fuck I was and really what I wanted, which led to a business breakdown, led to me leaving my own business and, now, and then going into this path um, where, I'm, where I'm with the Awakened Man. And why is it that you started personal development at 15 years old and you had years and years or if not like a decade or more of doing that work, were you still missing that piece of boundaries of identity of a happiness as well? What was the missing link there with all the work that you did up until that point? It was that I had gone way too far into business. Like for the first, I'd say for the first like three or four years into my personal development journey, it was massively on health and was massively on me becoming just more confident. And and there was, you know, two reasons for that. A, I wanted to get more girls when I was in my, you know, in my late teens and my early twenties. And B, I just, I just wanted to, I wanted the, the guys to like me. I wanted to be the cool guy. Um, so I worked on my confidence. I worked on my health. I worked on my fitness, um, which helped massively. But when I got into my, uh, into my twenties and when I started getting into business, I focused 100% on the business. And I, and I did, it was like, I did all the marketing courses. I did all the marketing masterminds. I did all the business coaching and all the business consultancy. And although I, I got good on the business side, I neglected a lot of the, the personal inner work I needed to really do in order to like gain self leadership. And ultimately, which I soon found out is that my businesses would never grow unless I would grow as a man. Makes a lot of sense. And what were the things that you struggled with the most when you started that journey of masculinity, becoming a high value man? What were the things that stood out to you that you were like, man, this is harder than I expected and I didn't even realize I needed to work on this? Understanding my inner fears. Understanding that um, I had, you know, like, like many of us do, like most people do, that there's been some form of small traumas or big traumas from my childhoods and, and, and even into my 20s, like in my mid-20s when I was 24, I lost my best friend in a car accident. And of course, it's logical that you're going to get some trauma from that. But I hadn't figured out and I hadn't kind of appreciated how that would affect me in my relationships and in my business and as me as a man, right? Like what I soon figured out was that Danny leaving me is what I, you know, in my mind, I've just lost my best friend. His name was Danny and he's left me. He's abandoned me. Right. That abandonment caused me a lot of internal trauma, which then evoked fears, which then evoked internal resistance and beliefs. And then those belief sets then dictated the way I act or the way I didn't act in many cases. So going into business and relationships, the way I didn't act was that I didn't set very, I didn't set clear boundaries at all. And I would shy away from having hard conversations, whether that's with a business partner or a, a team member or a girlfriend or, or even my ex-wife, right? I would shy away from having those really, really difficult conversations because I was afraid that they might abandon me, that if I was to have those really difficult conversations, it's completely illogical, but that's what trauma and fear does to you. It, make, it makes things, it makes the illog illogical very logical to you. So if I'm going to set a clear boundary right now and they're not, they're not going to like it, they could leave me and then I'm going to have 
that big, big trauma, all of that pain all over again, just like I did in my mid-20s. And that's it. You know, the trauma is a kind of protective mechanism in that sense, right? Rather than it needing to be logical, it just needs to do everything it can to make sure that you're not abandoned again in your narrative, right? Just wants to keep me safe. Precisely. Yeah. And going through that trauma, what were the steps that you took? Did you do a bunch of therapy? Did you tap into more personal development practices, journaling, meditation, all that different type of things? What specifically worked for you when it came to navigating that trauma and you know tapping into your full potential which you're living through today then not a lot then i was um all the albeit i was relatively put together for a guy in his mid-20s i soon found out that i could be broken very easily and and i think i think many guys will go, will go through that whether, whether that's a business breakdown or it's losing a family member or losing a friend or going through divorce uh, like these, these big, these big traumatic events um, can really, really test a man. It absolutely tested me. I went off the rails for for a good year and did some some things that weren't me, right? But I came out the back of that, I suppose. And, it, and it's sad to say, <laughs> but it, it is it is the truth that I did have a fire up my ass. In the that was a real like inflection point in my life. And it was, and it's shit that it, it required me to lose my best mate for that to happen. But it was, it was a, what am I doing with my life? Right. Yeah. So, you know, my body looks good. And yes, I can, I can, I can talk to girls in a bar and I'm doing okay in my career. Like I'm doing okay. But like, am I really, really pushing it to, to where I could be? Am I, am I actually playing the power moves? Am I actually reaching anywhere near my potential? And what is, what is my potential? And it was only really then in like my now coming into my like later 20s where I started to like push the bar a little bit more and really delve into like what's going on in my brain. How, like how do I actually work? Uh, and that's when I set up my first business and we and grew that quite quickly. But if I, if I think about a recent event of mine, which is going through a divorce, which is absolutely the right thing for us to go through. The way that I've been able to navigate this divorce, which is which is traumatic and it's and it's and it's difficult and it's painful, the way I've been able to navigate that is like I'm I'm proud of the way I'm navigating this. I wasn't proud of the way I navigated like losing a friend. Um, I didn't know how to do that. Now that I like, there's so much work that I've done on myself. I can understand when emotions are coming up and I can understand how to deal with them. Yeah, it's amazing that you've gone through that journey and you've come out the other side and knowing how to handle something. There's never a way to measure the level of trauma, but is equally as impactful in terms of your life, in terms of the changes that it's going to make and what it's going to lead to as well. And I'm curious, I always have this question for people when I talk about mental well-being, whether it be physical well-being as well. And it always seems to be that someone has to get to their point of their personal rock bottom in order to turn things around. You work with, you know, thousands of men, and I trust that not all of them come to you at that moment of rock bottom, or I hope that they don't. How do you get people to kind of wake up to the reality of things that they need to do in their life to, you know, like you said, tap into their full potential of who they want to be when, you know, they're doing well in a few areas of life here and there. But how do you get them to get to that place where they challenge more of themselves, they ask more of themselves without having to go to rock bottom? Because I find that's just a common theme that runs through just about anyone who turns their life around. Most guys that come work with us aren't at rock bottom. That's great to hear. They like, they're not broken guys. They are they're guys that they're, do, they're either doing really well or or they're doing they're doing okay, um, but they know that 
in their own mind, they're playing at level three or level four on their potential scale, and they know that they've got level 10. They know there's a lot more for them in store. Or it might be that they're, they're at a level 10 in their business, but their relationships, both uh, intimate and personal, completely suck. And they know they need to do some work there. Most of the guys that we work with, they're highly skilled. Com- like, they, they, are, they are skilled guys. They've, they've built some form of skill set. Whether that whether that's manual, whether that whether that's whether that's mental, um, yet they aren't playing at the potential, and and normally that comes down to beliefs. It comes down to internal resistance, just like just like I experienced. And so, the, like typically, the work that we'll do real quickly with guys is to is to figure out where those beliefs are and how and how that is holding them back like where it's like that um you may have heard like the thermostat analogy it's that you've got an internal thermostat and every time it gets too hot for you every time you're just about to get to the next stage in life or the next level like biologically and psychologically you self-sabotage and you mess yourself up and then you'll go and you won't know you're doing it. And you'll just go round and round in circles. And it's just like on that hamster wheel, round and round and round. Well, we'll figure out where the self-sabotage is and then, and then release that. Sometimes, this happens often, is that just being in an environment where there are other guys playing on a higher level and you can see a man just like you doing extraordinary things. And it's like, if he can do it, then, then, then I can definitely do it. And, and, and sometimes it's, it can be as simple as that. It's like your people environment. Yeah, environment's a huge aspect. And I think that we'll touch on this a little bit later as well, because I know that a lot of men are struggling with that community aspect and being around people that inspire them to be better versus having circles that actually, you know, don't inspire them whatsoever and actually pull them down in a way. And we'll touch on that a little bit later. And environment's one aspect. What are some other big aspects of allowing a man to stop self-sabotaging, to move into his best self? What are some other things that you find, you obviously, in terms of that internal thermostat and breaking past that and recognizing that, you know, the thermostat is only, you know, at 20% of the heat? I use two things. There's, there's, um, there's compassion or compression. Sometimes a man does need compassion. Some, sometimes... He literally needs just to get the shit off of his plate. He needs to talk. He needs to get it. And, and like, and this is where it's very, very confusing in today's world for men because there's a massive, massive stigma on that if you if if you are open about what's going on internally, then you're weak and you and you and you're soft. And women have it great because they typically, not all, but typically, will talk to anyone, everyone. Yes. They, you know, they talk to the hairdresser, talk to the neighbour. So they've got loads and loads of friends they can be really really open to and they can have a good they can have a good cry men don't do that men bottle that shit up and keep it put it on our shoulders keep it in our souls and and it does us damage and just like sometimes just being able to vocalize and be really and this is the key to be really honest to be like radically honest that it makes a man feel uncomfortable that he's like like I'm being so honest right now I feel like I'm sitting there naked and sometimes just that you can see you can just see like shoulder, you know the weight being dropped okay so that's like the 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 compassionate side okay where it's like let me just put an arm around you quickly and let's have a let's have a good chat and let's figure out what's going on like how are you yeah and you say just that but that's literally probably the first time that that man has done that in their entire life and they've 
even if they've done it once before, the first time that they've had someone to actually put their arm around them and just give them that safe space to speak, right? Yeah. They might have had people in their lives, but they might have manipulated what they've said and then, you know, thrown it back at them, or they've just never even had that opportunity. So it's like, it's just that, but just that could be the difference between them changing their life, right? Absolutely. I know that there's been guys' lives that have been saved um, because we, you know, we've, we've given them that space. The, the, the other end of the spectrum is compression. And, and, and this is, and this is where we will tell a man to step at the fuck up. And, and, and it, and it, cause it's, cause it's very much, sometimes there can be too much of the poor you and poor me. And, and it, cause it's really, really easy actually to stay in victimhood and to stay in, in, in the past and to, and to, oh, the world was against me and that was against me. And the reason this happened and that messed up in my life is because of this. And it can be really, really easy to, to go into that mode. And I find often is that a lot of men, a lot of guys haven't had and don't have strong role models around them. No, like real clear, like masculine figures around them. Um, they may, they may have grown up in fatherless homes or they may have been brought up by their mother, just like I was. And to be told and to be kind of shouted at sometimes in, in the, in a, in a, in a loving way, but like, I really fucking mean it. The, cause it, cause it actually, it pisses me off when I can see a guy who's got all of this potential and he, and he, he can do all these great things in life and he's not. And he, and he, and he's, and he's sat at home and he's watching porn or he's scrolling social media or he's playing too much games or he's been sat in a dead end job for, t for, for five years, six years, 10 years and wants to leave, but doesn't leave. And it, 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 it frustrates me because in a minute that man will be 40, then he'd be 50, then he'd be 60. And then he'll look back on life and, and there'll be too many regrets. And do you partly see, you know, a potential of what you could have been in them as well? Because I know when I see people not reaching their potential, it's, takes me back to a moment where I'm like, I had this opportunity to make a choice of whether I wanted my life to be this path because of, I was just going to allow life to take me with it versus me choosing my path. And quite often when I see people not fulfill their potential in certain areas, the people I care about or the people within my coaching as well is because deep down, I know that once upon a time I had that choice and I can see it with them and you literally know what's on the other side. You know what they can pull out of themselves. Does that where it kind of taps into because I find there's a difference between being like, I want the best for this person and really like, I, like, I really want this to happen for this person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, for me, and this might sound a little bit wanky, but I have found purpose in this. And for, for a long time, I was absolutely searching for this word called purpose and I had no idea what it was. And for, and for a long time, my purpose was just about making money. R right. And it was just more, well, I'm just, that's, that's what it is. Uh, and, and I'll, and, and I'll be really honest. I'm still there. Like the, the money, the money thing, I've still got loads and loads of mountains to conquer there. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And that does fire me up. But now I have this, I have this other thing that really drives me is, is that all the work that I do on myself to essentially heal me, I am able to pass that on to other guys and see them excel. And so it absolutely is a, it is a reflection. For sure. Yeah, I felt that that was the sense that I was getting. And the final question I want to 
go into before I go into the principles of being a high value man is you mentioned that a lot of men don't have those role models and those mentors and obviously there's a massive gap in terms of looking for those and one person that comes to my mind and I'm curious to get your take on them is Andrew Tate he's someone who's very very big in the man space he's very very vocal um, and a lot of people love him a lot of people hate him what are your thoughts on someone like Andrew Tate as a role model for men in 2023 I've been waiting for this question to come um his name comes up all the time and, and and I have listened to Andrew Tate and I've watched I've watched many of his in, interviews and the majority of, of what comes out of his mouth makes complete sense it, ma- it makes it makes real good sense it's it's very very traditional it's very very old school I can but I can see the it, how how it makes an awful lot of sense there's been a number of things that's come out of his mouth and I'm like I just do not agree with that like he, like I saw on a video not so long ago where he was talking about how how he's cheating on um, a girlfriend or something and how to get away with cheating, and there was a, there was a number of them talking about how to get away with cheating and like tactics around that, and I'm like that that's just that that's not nice that 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 is wrong. the The problem with Andrew Tate, and it's not necessarily his fault here, is that he has a lot of young followers an incredible amount of young guys that follow him and they are taking his advice, but they're not in his position. So they, they haven't got the status that he has, that they haven't got the emotional intelligence. They haven't got the intellectual intelligence. They, they haven't got the wealth. They haven't got the physique. They, they haven't got all of these attributes yet. That, and they haven't done all that work. They haven't experienced life. But they listen. They can listen to him, and they can take what he's saying in the wrong way, and and then and then use that as being a role model, and 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 that's where there can be a bit of a problem. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And I think a big part of it is just recognizing where you're at and recognizing the position that he's in compared to where you are. But most people don't have the self awareness to do so, and I think that that puts the responsibility back in his hands to be aware that okay, I have a super young audience here. I need to be careful with my messaging and narrative and maybe that's where his part of the responsibility for he falls short in that sense because he doesn't recognize or maybe he does recognize it he just doesn't care <laughs> I, th- I, th- I to be to be fair to him i think that um i think he realizes that like now that how big his following is and 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 that yeah. he is he is starting to make like alterations to some of the things that he says and he is being a little bit more careful like i, I i've seen that i've watched some of his older videos and i've watched some of his newer stuff and I'm like, oh, i can see that the the change in him mm-hmm. the evolution and yeah. he's, he's he's respect he's respecting his following but what you just said there about self-awareness that's the important thing and this is this is an important thing for for every man is once you've got self-awareness you can challenge like what other people are, th- are saying so rather than taking, rather than listening to someone like Andrew Tate or Joe Rogan or Jordan Peterson, and you know, who who you know, they're, all, they're they're great figures in their own right, and rather than just like listening to them and going, oh yeah, that's gospel, that makes sense, that's gospel, is being able to have the self awareness of how like your internal values and to be able to challenge that internally and go, okay, well I agree with what you said there, and but that part there I don't necessarily agree with, and why don't I agree with that? And is that something that I need to reflect on and to change myself? Or is that just because I'm being true to my values and who I am as a man? And and so it's rather than taking things as gospel, you challenge things. And I think that that's the challenge is that so many men are looking for this leader, for this person to follow. And I think that this is a big 
part of religion and the power of religion is that I think most people are just craving a framework to live their life by because there is no blueprint. There is a lot of uncertainty and something like religion gives people that level of, okay, there's a set of rules to follow here. There is an almighty that looks down on me and, you know, keeps me on the path of quote unquote good, if that's their belief. And I think that once someone finds a person who they maybe admire a little bit or they like the style of their life or something rings true to them, they attach themselves to that as gospel, as you said, and they're not able to apply that filter because they've just been desperate to find someone to give them the direction in their life that they're missing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's status. Andrew Tate's got a lot of status. A lot of young guys will look at that and go, well, I want the Bugattis. I want the, I want all the girls. I want all the big fast cars and, and that's, and, and that kind of celebrity status that he's got on, on, on media. I want that. So, and a lot of young guys don't have r- role models to follow. So quite well, I'll follow what he's saying. And why do you think people gravitate towards Jordan Peterson? He's probably one of the more un conventional figures to follow obviously he's got a lot of following now and he has a massive popularity but when you look on the surface he's just a professor who's in his 50s or 60s especially if you found him or discovered him five or six years ago when he was writing certain work that's not as popular as it is today when he was doing more of his lectures and stuff along those lines maybe it's more 10 years ago but he's kind of this unconventional figure to follow do you think it's maybe the dad that people are missing that they're looking for what do you think the reason behind jordan pizza because he doesn't have the bugatti he doesn't have he has a typically ordinary looking life on the outside looking in different guys want different things right some guys want the bugatti and want the body other guys really don't want that generally don't want that and so they won't resonate with someone like andrew tate and and andrew tate would say something and piss them off and then they will never listen to him again and someone like jordan peterson he does he he talks an incredible amount of sense and and because a lot of the work that he's doing is so it's 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 backed right by all by all the research and all the universities and all the studies and there's a, there's a lot of guys that will go, you know, I, I like things that are backed by science and backed by research. And, and I will listen to that because it's got those credentials. And with Jordan Peterson, he's, he's had a rise in social media. And so he, it like that there will be a number of other guys that would just like Jordan, but because he's had these, like he's, he's done a couple of interviews, which are quite high profile and it, and it spiked his following. And now he's got this tremendous following because of it. And he's wrote and he's riding that wave. And so the, so more and more people will see him and listen to him. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of people might not want the, you know, the flashing lights and colors, but they just want sense and they just want things to, yeah. you know, work out for them. And he provides that perfect framework. And maybe you don't want to live your life necessarily in the exact same way you, that he does, but you want the logic that he lives his life by and whatever you're going to create off the back of that. So that does make a lot of sense as well. So transitioning onto the big topic of conversation, which is a high value man. You know, I probably didn't hear that phrase until two or three years ago and didn't really know that it was a thing that people were working towards. Can you explain the principles of what a high value man is and especially what it is to you? Because of, you know, a lot of the principles are going to be shared, but I also imagine there's a lot of things that are based on the individual itself as well. It is absolutely based on the individual individual and 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 that principle alone is based is the sole principle of a high value man in that he can make his own decisions and 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 he is so self-aware he knows exactly what he wants from life typically like a high value man has done so much like internal like psychotherapeutic work that he's been able to psychoanalyze himself internally and understand 
what he wants from life, what his drivers are in life. And because he is so freaking confident in that, he like there's minimal fear there. And and he won't hold back and he will absolutely like walk walk the streets with that and you can and you can and you'll be able to tell guys like that because they have that aura they that you, you, they really really have an aura around an energy around them because they're so certain in their beliefs on who they are as men and that is fucking uncommon being certain in who you are as a man and exactly what you want as a man is very very uncommon and that alone makes you high value because it it, ble- it bleeds into other things. It's like a man who's who knows what he wants is extremely certain, has true belief in himself. He's very attractive to women, extremely attractive. Like women will be able to sense that energy. That is that is attractive. It's also extremely attractive for other guys. Guys will want to be around that. Like I want to be around that guy. <laughs> like like that. I want to be. I want. I want that. I want to be like that. How is he doing that? How is he acting that way? Why? How is he so certain and so confident? Right. So that I think that principle alone is a biggie. Then, like, but, but embodying in that principle, and I suppose like pillars off of that is absolutely something like self-respect. So, like having self-respect, which is ultimately uh, uh, self-leadership or self-love, whatever you want to call that, and. Like self-respect is a is a is a is a huge one, and this this is absolutely you knowing what you stand for as a man and what your values are, and not just like your values now, but what your values are going to be for the next level of you. Okay, so it's like, hey, like I am, I am at a level now. Say, so let's just say that I am the the seven-figure guy, not just in my business, but in my relationships and in my. Um, in my friend circles and like, like I put myself at that level. I hold, I hold myself to account at a very, very high level in those areas. But I know that I have, I, that, you know, there's another level for me. I'm, I could be the eight figure guy in my business and in my relationships and in my health. I could take that. I could absolutely take that to another level. So it's what are the values that someone of that stature, what would he embody? And and how is he acting day to day? And how is he showing up day to day? And how can I show up in that way? Right. So it's not just about the values that we we're embodying now, because things change for us. We evolve as humans, and and so we need so like a high value man will will also be thinking about what's the next set of values that he's going to be embodying, and how is he going to get there? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And what I'm keen to understand is how we are able to maintain that eight figure standard or that seven figure standard. A lot of the time, you know, the men that I come encounter with, even the woman that I come encounter with, they're like, you know, I'm super successful, love my family life, but my health's in a poor place. Or it's, you know, one of those missing gaps. So how do we hold ourselves to a standard in all areas of our life and keep those plates spinning and not just kind of get hyper-focused on one or the other. Having purpose helps. Having a bit of having a passion helps. But the 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 under the underlier is discipline. Right, because motivation won't get you there. Like motivation is is it's finite. It like it 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 will run out, and right, you can only be motivated for certain periods. And you know, so it's 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 the discipline, and and discipline is something that you fall back on when you don't want to do the shit. It's going to be painful. You don't necessarily want to uphold that. You don't necessarily want to have that hard conversation. You don't necessarily want to go to the gym. You don't necessarily want to make that phone call or play that power move. 
but you do because you are disciplined and that's and and, and lots of guys should embody that as a, like a core value like one of my core values is that i am disciplined and we talk about uh in the awake a man a man having three levels of discipline right so level number one being structural discipline so st- structural discipline is probably uh the the easiest one to to get a hold of that's your routines it's your habits it's your protocols it's the things that you just follow it's like if i follow these things then i'm going to get the end result i'm just going to follow the process okay so that's like your structural discipline Mm -hmm. and that's things like getting up a bed in the morning that's applying this amount of time to work etc just to give some more practical examples yeah like easy easy practical examples could well just be a, a morning routine that ensures that you are effective, right? So, and however that's planned out, morning routines are different for for different people, right? But however that's planned out, and then you can, and then there's the an afternoon routine, and like that, that looks after the middle of your day, and then there's a PM routine that looks after your evening. So then, so then there's structure there, and that structure is built for you to optimize your life and for you to consistently enhance your life not to leave things up to um, you being reactive to the day-to-day of life, right? You don't want to be reactive. We want to be responsive. And to be responsive, the more structure that we can have, the more discipline that we can have will ultimately give us freedom, okay? The second discipline is, and this gets a little bit harder now, this is called reactive discipline. And reactive discipline, um, we go back to something that um, Viktor Frankl said. So Viktor Frankl talked about how, like a man, the only the only true freedom that a man really has is his attitude that he chooses between a stimulus and a response. So in any given moment, so right now, me, like me and you, Elliot, we're having a moment, we're talking. There's a, there's a stimulus and there's a response, and in that gap, we get to choose our attitude. Okay. This, this is called reactive discipline. So it's how we react moment to moment to moment to moment. It's how we react when your girlfriend or your spouse or your partner says something to you that pisses you off. It's how you react in that moment. It's how you react when you're out shopping and a car nearly drives into you. It's how you react. It's, it's what happens in that moment. Okay. And it, 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 through absolutely any walk of life. And we, as, as guys and as girls, get to choose our attitude in that moment. That is called reactive discipline. And the better you can become, this is where self-awareness really comes into its own. Because the, the more self-aware you are, the more responsive you can be within those moments. The third discipline is called expansive discipline. This is by far the hardest. This, so, so once you've mastered the first two, expansive discipline is in those moments to be able to expand, to be able to play a power move, to be able to think bigger, to be able to act like that eight-figure CEO rather than the seven-figure CEO, right? To be able to consistently push into the uncomfort, into the growth zone, rather than take a, taking the easier route, which you're, which you're comfortable with, which ultimately leaves you in safety, which ultimately, in the long run, will lead you to take steps backwards, okay? So expansive discipline is being able to, moment to moment, make the power moves to think bigger and breaking all of those down how do we get better at each and every one of those when it comes to our structural discipline when it comes to our reactive discipline when it comes to our expansive discipline i'm sure that they require 
quite a lot of the same, but there must be individual things that are required to kind of take you to the next level. So what are some practical steps that people can take away to essentially get more disciplined in each one of those areas? So structural discipline, here's, here's something that I would tell any man to do, whether he's in a great position or a bad position. I tell him to get up earlier, right? So, so wake up before the birds. He needs to, he needs to track his nutrition or do, do some form of eating, eating well. So just do some form of diet and he needs to go to the gym and then he needs to do a little bit of personal development, whether that's reading a book, whether that's listening to a podcast. It like, if he does that and if he, and, and here's the next thing to make it more structured. If he does that in say a morning routine, says so like, right, well, I'm going to get up before the birds get up. So I'm now up earlier than most people. What am I going to do with that time? Well, I could just, I could now read a book. I could read 10 pages of a book. So structural discipline, here's, here's something that I would tell any man to do, whether he's in a great position or a bad position. I tell him to get up earlier, right? So, so wake up before the birds. He needs to, he needs to track his nutrition or do, do some form of eating, eating well. So just do some form of diet and he needs to go to the gym. And he needs to do a little bit of personal development, whether that's reading a book, whether that's listening to a podcast. It like if he does that, and if he and and here's the next thing to make it more structured. If he does that in say a morning routine, says so like right, well I'm going to get up before the birds get up, so I'm now up earlier than most people. What am I going to do with that time? Well, I could just I could now read a book, I could read ten pages of a book, or I could listen to a, a podcast. Okay, whatever that looks like. Oh, I could do some form of course. I could enhance my skill set. I could I could learn some skill some skills in sales or copywriting or mar marketing, whatever that looks like. Or I could listen to a, a podcast. Okay, whatever that looks like. Oh, I could do some form of course. I could enhance my skill set. I could I could learn some skill some skills in sales or copywriting or mar marketing, whatever that looks like. And then I go to the gym. Right there, you have a structure. You you've got a morning structure. And it's based around your growth. It's, this is teaching you discipline in, in multiple formats. Because you've got, you got, you got to follow a diet. You've got to go to the gym. You've got to get up earlier. These things are hard. They are all very, very hard. And then here's the next thing. You don't, you, this, is, this is an everyday thing. You don't, this isn't a, a three days a week thing. This is a, you do this all the time. And even if you do this all the time for the next 60 days, and just say, I'm going to do this all the time for 60 days, I'm going to see how I feel, right? And when I say go to the gym, it doesn't have to be some crazy workout. It could just be a walk. It could just be, it could just be a bit of stretching. It could just be some abs. Just do something to move your body, right? And to try and get a bit of a sweat. That alone will help build so much discipline and so much structure into your life. You, you're already ticking off the first box and you'll already be way, way ahead of the majority of the nation. So that is structural discipline. Reactive discipline. My biggest advice here, you need to become self-aware. Self-awareness does not happen overnight. This is, this, is a this is a long train. This is a real long train. And the best time to start is now. Well, the best time to start is 20 years ago right? Second best time is now. Okay. So, and uh, just a, a, a tool that you can use here is some form of meditation or some, even some form of like breath work, right? So like, uh, like I like to box breathe, like box breathing is a fantastic little tool. Four seconds in, hold for four, four seconds out, hold for four. And, and, and try and do that for five minutes. And during that time, just pay attention to the breath and that's it. And, and every time you find your, your mind going off somewhere else, you can go, ah, 
start thinking about something, just come back to the breath. That over time will just teach you at like how to just catch your thoughts. Then what happens is that day to day to day, moment to moment to moment, when you are thinking about things, um, you might catch yourself, go, hang on a minute, I was about to get angry here. <laughs> <laughs> or I was about or was I, or I was about to go and watch some porn because I just saw a scantily clad lady on Instagram and I'm a man and I had an urge and I was about to go and watch some porn in the middle of the day. But now I'm not because I know that's I know I'm probably going to regret that. So you just start to catch yourself doing different things. And the second thing I'm going to say on this one is on the, on the regret, regret side, this is probably the best tool that you can use, is to every day just journal one thing, not 27 things, one thing on your regret. So what's the one thing today that I regret? And, and in that, you start to become more self-aware and then you can make change. So let's just go back to that porn example because it's a big example for men. The guys just don't talk about it, right? It's the, ah, I had an urge during a day and then I went and did something with that urge. I went and watched Pornhub uh, and, and actually, consciously, I felt bad afterwards. I felt tired and I felt bad and I actually regretted doing that. I knew I should have just carried on doing my work. That's my one thing that I regret of the day. I'm going to make sure I don't do it tomorrow. And then if that urge comes up the next day, because you, when you scroll on Instagram these days, you see more naked women than in, in one day than a man would have done in a whole of his lifetime 20 years ago. It's the truth. So you, if you regretted that, there's your thing. Go, ah, I regretted that yesterday. Right, I'm not going to do that today. And there you go. Moment to moment, you're just be, you, you're reacting. You're starting to respond rather than react. It's reactive discipline. That makes sense. All makes sense. And expansive discipline. Expansive discipline. Like I said, this this is the hardest. This is this is where you need to be so aware of how you act day to day and your values, but also your next level. So the the simplest way on this is to have a plan for your next level. And just to make this really simple, this could be short term. It doesn't need to be this like gigantic five year crazy plan that's broken down into objectives and key results and, and KPIs and metrics and all that fancy. I do all that fancy stuff when I consult in businesses because that used to be my jam. But for the, for the majority of people, if we were just to set a short term target, it's like, do you know what? I want to increase my bank balance by this much. It's more than I've had before. It's going to be a push for me. Or do you know what? I want to, I actually really want to work on my relationship. It's just scary to me. And I know that I need to step outside my comfort zone here, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I want to get to that seven figure guy in my relationship. So I'm going to work on these things. Or it could be that, do you know what? My, my group of friends, they're cool and that, but I've been with them for 20 years since school and they don't really push me. And I just kind of see them for the sake of seeing them because we've seen each other every month for forever. And now I'm just still in that same habit. I'm going to go and find some high level people and I'm going to start hanging around with them. And that's going to be my thing to elevate my, elevate my, my area. So the next time I get invited out to go out with the boys, go and go drinking again in that moment, I can go, no, I'm not going to go out drinking again. So there's my response rather than react. And I'm going to, I'm going to use this time instead of going out drinking, I'm going to fucking find high level, high level guys. I'm going to find maybe a mastermind. I'm going to, I'm going to join a group like Pete's, right. And be around other guys. That's there is expansive discipline. You're, you're growing. Yeah. I like all of those three. And I think they're really practical steps as well. And something that might tempt a man after hearing this is going into monk mode. 
you've probably heard many things about this. I want to get your take on monk mode because if I also saw that you posted on your story the other day, part of the book that you were reading in terms of men going into isolation, which makes them impotent and they're not actually able to lead, they're not actually able to do the things that you get from being in a community. And quite often principles in monk mode is disappearing. You know, no one knows what you're doing. Does not even your close friends or family just go into yourself for 16, 90 days, six months, however long you might want to. And then you come out on the other side, this brand new man who's, you know, stoic and rejuvenated and is ready to tackle the world. What are your thoughts on monk mode in 2023? I think, I think there's times and there's places for it. I think it's, it depends where you're at in life. I think it depends on your level of accountability to yourself in the, Hey, if I'm going to go into monk mode for the next three months, I know that when I get out of monk mode, the, I need to not stay in it mm. and that I need to, I, I need to, I need to not fall like, cause I know so many guys since COVID since the pandemic, because in the pandemic, lots of guys were locked away. So we're, we're in, we're in our homes and then they got used to being locked away, kind of like a monk mode. Right. And, and then got lazy with being locked away where it's like, well, I'm just, this is great. I could just play games all the time. I don't really care about seeing people anymore. I could just, I could just chill. And before you know it, it could be a year or two years and you haven't seen anyone and you haven't been out and then, and you've lost your community and you've lost your buddies. And it's like, ah, oh, well, I've just lost two years of my life there. And I could have done a lot with that. So going into monk mode, there has to really be solid intention behind it real like i'm doing this because i want to get x out of it and when i get x out of it i also have these protocols in place to ensure i don't i don't slip into being this isolated man yeah i think it's a very very common trap and it's very easy to get caught up in that because you get this next level of productivity that you start to like and you start to sense your level of progress and what you can accomplish in life based on those parameters and i think it's kind of easy to get quite single-minded in the sense of like okay my productivity when i don't go and see people like i've just won 10 hours back in my week where i'm not socializing anymore and those 10 hours can go into my business can go into myself etc i can consume podcasting do whatever i want with it and then i don't actually have to go out and waste any time on dating or seeing people or anything along those lines and then it's like this new level of progress that you can make because if you put an extra 10 hours in your week and if you are highly intentional, 10 hours put into your week is game-changing to be completely honest and there's the temptation to not come back out. So like you said, having that plan to come back out, understanding that it might reduce your output in certain areas, but by having that community, by having, having the other elements to your life actually is going to boost you, just not in the kind of easy formula of like, okay, input equals x output it's like okay it's a different type of output for a different type of you know response that's going to be a little bit more well-rounded am i right in saying that yeah a hundred percent and like i said it depends where you're at in life yeah let's for example just say you need to get your money right so your money is not right and it's and and i believe this is a, it's an important thing for a man to get his money right because if you don't get his money right he's thinking about it all the fucking time and he can't and, it, and, it, and it's and it's difficult for him to focus on other elements of, the, of his life where he could go and excel because he's thinking about his money. And and if there's an opportunity and if there is a game plan where he can go away and go, do you know what? I'm going to spend six months. I'm going to fucking get my head down. I'm going to get this right. Or I'm going to spend a year. I'm going to really, really get this right. And I'm going to make sacrifices in, in particular areas to do that. I'm like, do it. Abs absolutely. As long as you've got the intention behind it and there is a plan and that six months doesn't turn into five years and then you become this recluse. And, and, and it's important that the, the time is effective because that is the next thing is that like you want to you want to be this like six figure guy but you're spending your time at level 4 
And it don't. It just doesn't work like that. If you're spending your time at level four, you're not. You're not going to get to the six figure. The time has to be effective. And I'm interested. Where does a woman come into this? You've just recently gone through a divorce, and you know I think the right woman can excel your development. They can help you become the man that you're supposed to be. Like I found that with my fiance, it's like all of a sudden. I've been forced to step up in ways that, like I always say to her, I know that I would have been successful, but I don't know how sustainable that success would have been. And I know it would have been in just certain areas of my life because those were the areas that I was focused on. But now I've been forced to, I find that the right partner is a very, very good reflection of like the things that you need to work on, the things you need to step up your game with and having them as someone to hold you to that standard, to hold themselves to that standard, to push you up can be powerful, but equally on the other side, like there's not, an enormous amount of women out there just like there is an enormous amount of amazing high value men out there and like both of us need to do work so where does a partner come into all of this in the traditional sense if you're choosing a woman or even if you're a man choosing a man like at the end of the day you've still got to pick right so what are your thoughts on all of that yeah you really have to pick right this is so so important this is crazily important and guys don't pay don't pay much attention to this especially if they've not done the work on themselves where they truly believe in themselves. You know, you know that man I was talking about earlier where he's so certain in his ability. He's, he's so certain with what he wants. He knows what he knows where he's going. If you haven't done that sort of work, and I'm not suggesting that you're going to figure that out in your early twenties because it's hard. It's real hard. This is what can happen, especially if you are a, how I want to say this, a high performer. If you are a high-performing man, this is what high-performing men can do. They can pick a mate that maybe isn't at the the level that they would want them to be, but because they're high-performing men, typically high-performing men, they're fixers and they're problem solvers and they are solution guys. And they're very good at doing it in business and they're very good at doing it outside of business. But what they can do is they can also do it in relationships and they can find a woman that might not be up to their emotional intelligence and intellectual intelligence or, or to their level, but they will, they will think to themselves, well, I, I want a mate and I want, I want some, like, some love and some, and some safety at home there, like emotional safety, and I want to reproduce. And so I will settle for that woman. But what I will do is I'll fix her because I'm a problem solver and I'm a, I'm a high performer. I will fix her problems. And I'll make her the woman that I want to be. But this is subconscious for a lot of guys. This is not a conscious thing. Yeah. It's, it's not as though guys are going out going, right, well, I'm going to go for her because I can fix it. That is not the case. And that's not what I'm saying. This is a subconscious thing. So many guys, I've done this. So many guys do this. The massive, massive problem here is that when you tie, when you can tie yourself down and you can have children, you can get married and it can be a real problem for you when your needs aren't then being met like sooner or later your needs aren't being met or you aren't really showing up as the man that you should be in a relationship because you're not truly truly in love and because of that your partner will be feeling some sort of neglect and and maybe isn't getting the attention that she wants and could then look elsewhere right which is why why we can also see like a lot of uh very very like high status guys uh, very high performing guys getting cheated on um all doing the cheating right all the other all the other way around because though that's that sort of dynamic has happened so for men you really really need to get clear on what you want in a woman especially if like if, if especially if you're high value especially if you've done some 
some work on yourself and especially if like you're you building you know you're out there you're, you're climbing the corporate ladder or you're, or you're building a business you've got a great you're building your physique you're doing all the you're doing all the emotional work like you're really putting the time into your own development both personally and externally and like you've really got to think about well what is it that i would like in a woman and as in, in a partner and what values do I have and and that she should also have so we're both on the same page there and I'm not saying like a partner needs to have the same level of intellect as you or even the same level as of like emotional intelligence as you but as long as she truly truly cares about you because like here's an example in the work that I do with guys we're like we we delve into their psychology like we we get into some some deep and very very interesting subjects and if I'm talking to my woman and she has no idea what I'm talking about because they're because of real deep subjects that, that even I'm only just learning about sort of thing but if she doesn't care so she just brushes it off as like oh right yeah sounds sounds good and this is how my day went then that that's a problem but she doesn't but she doesn't have to know the ins and outs but if she pays real great attention to it it's just oh right that sounds really interesting like what what happened what happened with the guy like how did you deal with it like what's what are you going to do next like at, like shows real and true true interest in what what you are doing then that's 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 like an amazing thing to have because this happened this happens quite a lot when i have guys that are really really elevating themselves and they're like we are climbing we are becoming amazing men and we're worried about whether our partner is going to be able to keep up that question comes up and it's listen as long as your values are the same as long as as long as you've got great values and you're both aligned with your values and as long as she's really really interested and supportive in in, in like your growth and and the same with you and her like has to be the same with you and her like when she it's called um they did these studies in the in the Gottman Institute it's called bidding right so when she throws she throws a bid at you which is looking for your attention that you catch that bid and you and you accept it and and the same and the same the other way when you like throw a bid at her when you're looking for her attention and you're looking for her to respond to you like when you get in and go, oh god, that's a tiring day. I'm knackered. Like you, there, you're you're throwing a bid and you're looking for her to comfort you and go, ah, oh, how'd you feel? Well, how was your day? Do you want a Do you want a cup of tea? And it goes the other way around, right? It's it's the same when 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 your partner does that. Like you got to catch the bids. There is something for for guys and of course women to think about. Is what do you really want? Choose your mate wisely. I think it's such a powerful, powerful thing to think about and to start choosing because there's many different challenges there. I think the first one with men a lot of the time is that they're so used to being in a position where they're like the woman is choosing them they're not choosing the woman so that's the first challenge Absolutely. you know so once you get yourself to a position where you are a high value man you have like you said that sense of aura around you you're tapping into that and you understand you have options and you start to think well it's not do they like me it's like do i like them do they fit the bill of what i want them to be and you know it's not just about looking okay well are they attractive it's like well actually what am i looking for here if i'm looking for someone to just have a couple of months with a couple of weeks with whatever, you know, that's absolutely fine. But if I'm looking for someone who's going to be the mother of my children and my long-term partner, then I need to start thinking, okay, well, am I still going to love and like this person in 30 years or 40 years? And, you know, you can never predict that, but you have to have the best chances going into that first and foremost, before you make that decision. You have to be like, do I trust that I will? And if the answer to that question is yes, I think 
you know, travel down that route, right? And commit to making sure that that happens as long as you think that that's the right person for you. And the second side to it as well is also not expecting your partner to be absolutely everything is what I heard on the podcast that I was listening to recently. It's like, you need to have other people in which you have conversations with. Like if you expect your partner, you know, luckily I can speak to my partner about football, but if I expected her to understand every single part of the Premier League, like we would be having challenges. And that's where you can go and have your intellectual conversations with someone on the podcast for an hour. You can go have your Premier League conversation with your buddy. And if you rely on them to be your absolute everything and luckily you know with many people you can have those conversations but you know you're going to run into some problems if you expect them to like you said accept every single bit yes they can express interest but trying to get them to understand what Andrew Tate said on the podcast two days ago when they're caught up in their own lives and their own business is going to end up being problematic 100% it's a bad choice for guys to and girls to emotionally dump onto their partner and we, we we have this in our groups it's like guys when there's a problem come to us in the group come to the guys come to the men we'll talk about it we'll we'll get the plan we'll get the solution and then when you go home to your partner you're going home confident it's like listen have some shit come up don't worry i know what i'm doing not and there 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 is a confident man there is there is a, there is a man that your wife's looking at you going yeah he's got it he, he's he, you know he's got this on lock he's got the plan I'm, i trust him right and i have respect for him because of that but if there's like you don't if you don't have that community of, of solid guys that can give you that sort of advice or and be that sort of sounding board and then your sounding board is your partner you are emotionally dumping onto her and that can be especially if she's looking for you for safety and and Stability, protection yeah. and ability and and you're throwing all these emotional dumps on her soon that will weigh down and it's not good no and Pete, i'm aware of time but i do have a few final questions for you and the first one that i want to ask that i have to before we wrap up is in regards to parenting you have a young son named leo if i'm not mistaken how do you plan to take him through this world of masculinity and being a high value man or is this another podcast? I do. I, <laughs> yeah, this is, this, is, this is a whole new episode. But but it's but it just summed up. It's very very easy. Is that for me? It's about being the role model for Leo. And so I like I show up day to day in 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 the best ways that possible. Like my standards are extremely high in every in every facet. Whether that's my relationships or my business or my finances or my fitness, my like every facet. So he sees that right. And, 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 and I will, I will navigate the world and he will see me navigating the world and he will learn from me. I like that. And that's what it comes down to. You know, I have clients come to me all the time. And they ask, well, how can I get my children to eat healthier? How can I get them to prioritize exercise and sport a little bit more? And it's like, yeah, you have to be that example for them. Right. And like, ultimately, if they've never seen you do it before, then you can't really expect them to just turn around and do it. But if you start them young and whilst they're very impressionable of all of those things that you see as valuable and truly a priority then they're not going to be able to ignore that and they're going to be able to see a yeah. very solid example the leo woke up this morning and he got up earlier than normal he got up at like quarter past six and uh the first thing he said daddy we're going to the gym he's two and a half <laughs> I, i'm thought i have a gym i have a gym at home and he's daddy we're going to the gym and i'm like no we're going in 30 minutes <laughs> we're going quarter seven today but that because he sees me he sees he sees me every day he sees me in there so th that's exactly what we need to do as guys Pete, i love this and this conversation has been absolutely incredible and final couple of questions the first is what impact do you want to have on the world with the work that you do yeah you know, my goal is to impact as many men as possible uh, i want to get to a million a million men changed for the better and when we get to a million we'll uh, we'll assess the next goal 
Sounds perfect. And where's the best place for people to find you if they want to keep up with the work that you do or to be a part of your group? My Instagram is probably the best place. It's Pete underscore Taylor on Instagram. And then we've got a, we've got a podcast called The Awakened ed at the end man project amazing i'll make sure that's all in the show notes below but pete it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for your time today buddy thank you mate and that was the simply fit podcast i hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode i feel inspired to improve your health and well-being be sure to search for simply fit in apple podcasts google podcasts and spotify or anywhere else you get your podcast from and go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes also if you like the episode please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.